as she could live there as long as she lived. And so the church maintained it. So all kinds of stories about, about that. But the story about Bag, she would come in to church, and she'd always come in late. And she, she'd have her Bible and other things in a Walmart plastic bag. And so Bill's trying to start the service, and it's <laughs> back there making noise with the bag and getting it out and talking to people about it. And, and uh, so Bill's wife, Sandy, she's real, real quiet. Sandy, uh, Bill said, Sandy, can't you do something about the noise? It's, it's, they can hear it on the tapes. It's so loud. That, and she says, okay. So Sandy had been to Israel with us many times. And, Sandy got one of those Jerusalem bags, those cloth Jerusalem bags, and she she said, "Here, honey, I think her name is Sarah. Here's Sarah. Um, here's for your Bible. You can put your Bible in this Jerusalem bag, and you can, you know, put all your stuff." In. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, so the next Sunday, the next Sunday, the next Sunday, she comes in and sits down. She has her. Bring her big Jerusalem bag in. She sits down and <laughs> she put the Walmart bag inside the Jerusalem bag. Yes, I did. I did. I did. Nothing I did. Well, everybody, good morning, good morning, good morning. We're going to get ready to start here in just about one minute. You have one minute to get your goodies and get your coffee, get your tea, get whatever you got. And we I mean, we've got a feast today, don't we? Yeah. Tim Hortons personally dropped off those donuts back there and he said to say hi to you. Hi, Tim. And uh, we've got brownies. We've got all kinds of little things back oh, there. There's all kinds of calories for you. <laughs> Oh, there's brownies. There's all kind of good stuff back there. And the coffee pot's on, and we're good to go. All righty. Well, we're going to have to start because I've been three weeks trying to get through the first proverb, and I you know, haven't made it yet. And I'm working on it. I gave it about a minute ago back there. If you were... Grazing. All right, let's have a word of prayer, and, and I'll, I'll make an announcement up front. I want to thank everyone for your prayers. Keep praying. My left eye is about 75%. And Dr. Linda uh, might let me drive in the next couple of days. So, uh, Chomping at the bit. I can't drive right now, so uh, Dr. Linda's orders. Thank you so much. Good for her. Yeah. You feel hobbled, don't you? Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm used to going and going and going, and now I have to wait and wait. You can get a horse. I was a little horse this morning. I. That's another story. Well, let's have a word of prayer and get started. Everybody that's grazing back there, be, be real quiet when you get back to your seat. Okay? Yeah. On the way back. No talking at the table. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for another opportunity to gather together to study your word. <laughs> your 
Your word brings us strength and joy and excitement, conviction and challenge. And Father God, we just thank you for loving us enough to send this book and preserve it through the centuries so that we can study it today. And thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth as we study it together. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're looking at the Proverbs, studying the Proverbs, and we're learning to walk wisely. And thus far, we've only made it a little bit into the book because chapter 1, verse 7, the very first proverb says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And the fear of the Lord is a lifestyle. It's not just an episode. We've talked about what, what does the fear of the Lord mean to the unbeliever? Terror. 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 But what does it mean to the believer? Peace. Reverence. Reverence and honor and yes. peace. Given yes. in glory. And we walk in light of who he is, not who we are. And so, so we decided to take all of the 14, the fear of the Lord verses in the parables, and use them as our first jumping off point. Since the fear of the Lord's the beginning, you always got to start at the beginning, right? Yeah. Right. right. Don't start at the second place. So we're picking up. We've gone through several of them. We've got a few more left to go before we get on to another. There's themes throughout the book of Proverbs. And we'll get through the first theme, which is the fear of the Lord, which is the starting gun for walking with the Lord. Having the right awe and respect and honor and reverence. And if we learn to, it can be taught that we learned that last time. The scripture says, I'm going to teach you the fear of the Lord. And it's a choice. Those who choose the fear of the Lord. And so we have the option to be taught and to choose to walk in that reverence and awe of God. Even when we see the rest of the world shaking their fists and scoffing at the Lord. You know, I, I have a mean streak in me. I know I, I have a mean streak. How many of you got a mean streak that oh, yes. you're acquainted with every once in a while? Some, some of you don't admit it, but some of you have a mean streak. I have a mean streak. And, and when I hear these people mocking God and His ways, I said, you won't be doing that forever. Because every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess one day that Jesus is both Lord and Christ and Messiah and King. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to take this segment first in the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of everything. 14 references, and it's all about living, how to live in the fear of the Lord. We're going to resume our study with uh, Proverbs 10, 27. And you ought to be able to keep up with me here and be able to read that out good and loud for everybody, but I'm going to do the first one, and you can do the rest of them. Okay. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. The 
Fear the Lord prolongs days, the NIV says. I mean the New King James. But the years of the wicked will be shortened. The word there is yakah. And it means to add to. Well, isn't that what it said? It'll be prolonged or long days. Now, there's a difference between having a long day and prolonged days. And the essence that it's trying to get is that how many of you have ever had a, a job where you just had a long day? Just a long day. And uh, it wears you out. And uh, On my calendar, my Wednesdays are my long day. Uh, some Sundays are my long day. Uh, there's other days that are like that. But uh, start off, have a morning Bible study, get here, get everything set up, uh, have an app. An evening Bible study and prep for Sunday services and everything, and for Sunday school. You gotta really prep a lot for my Sunday school class because those little kids are sharp. They'll eat you alive if you're not prepared. But uh, when you have a, there's a difference between a long day. At the end of the day, you're just kind of ugh. But what it's talking about here is that your days have added life to them. It's a, how many of you have ever been in a situation you said, boy, I could just stay here all day. You know, I, I boy, this, this is the life. This is, you know, ah, oh, yeah. You know. And uh, it's never long enough, but it's, it's pleasant when it comes. There are some things that, a, a good current terminology for that word would be yakaf is to add to or to add value to. The days of the ones who have the fear of the Lord, you get more in your life while you're living. It's kind of like <clears throat> value added. It wasn't just that God said, well, I'm going to give you 24 hours each and every day. But how many of you know some days... What he does in a day or a minute, in a second of time, phenomenal. The fear of the Lord gives you value added life. What are some added values that we as believers have when we walk in the acknowledgement of the Lord, in the fear of the Lord, in the awe and the reverence of God? What are some things that are value-added aspects right. of the Christian life. Yes. You know, I think just knowing that He's there when you call Him, He's always there with you no matter what you do. He's with you. His faithfulness. Yeah. You know, he's, he's there. We were studying that Sunday morning. Uh, great is thy faithfulness. Yeah. And, and that His mercies are new every single morning. We're, we get to... Uh, Telling some people I had a funny thing happen. Those of you who weren't with the Sunday, I was preaching about the new things series, and we talked about the new mercies of the Lord. His mercies are new every morning. And every morning you get a fresh set of his mercy. Yes. And uh, how that you can have a, a McDonald's card, and I thank you for that McDonald's card. Mm -hmm. Have a McDonald's card and 
once you exhaust everything on that card, you don't throw it away. They can, you can renew it. You can have things put back on there. It can be refreshed. You don't just have to throw that plastic away. And I was kidding around how that it's kind of like that with uh, the mercies of God. They're new every morning. Every morning, I said, well, you know, what would it be like if I had $1,440 put on my card every morning? And this got some of my teens thinking, boy, they're just rolling. And, uh, and so I, I, I was getting across the point that every day you get... 1,440 minutes every day. You get a new what you do with it, how you spend it is is the key. And so I said, you know, if I get if I what would happen if I went in and I said, I, I think I've used up all my money on this McDonald's card, and they said, Sir, I don't know what happened, but someone put one thousand four hundred and forty dollars on your McDonald's card. I said, well, I'm going to take everybody out. Every fish sandwich is on me. You know, get your Big Macs. And everybody's got a quarter pepper. Everybody, all the kids, I mean, the kids are into it. Well, after the service. I'm, first of all, I knew I was in trouble when I was standing in the back, and Simon comes by, and he says, don't bother looking for it. I took your card. He was just kidding. I think, uh-oh. So I go hurrying up front to the pulpit where I left my McDonald's car. There's only like five bucks on it. But, but I, I, I went up my old my old card and, I, and I'm looking up there and, and Camden's up there. And he's looking for it. I mean, he's looking for it. And, and, and his dad's up there with him and we're just kidding around and he said, Pastor, is there really thousand dollars on your McDonald's card? <laughs> and, and Pastor Jamie just <coughs> looks at his boy and value added. His mercies are new every morning. What are some other value added things? I heard some. Joy. And joy. That's a value added. It, it doesn't necessarily promise that your, your journey is going to be joyful, but it is. We can have joy on the journey, amen? And uh, joy that joy unspeakable and full of glory. What are some other value-added things just from living in the fear of the Lord? Yeah. Peace in the midst of turmoil. Yeah. Peace in the midst yeah. of the storm. Yeah. Oh, that Jesus in the midst of storms, he would either calm them or speak peace to them or walk on them. But it's a value-added thing. It, we get the benefit of knowing that we're going to go to heaven when we die. We're going to be with Jesus forever. But to do it with joy and peace, a peace that passes the, our understanding. Jesus says, My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Back to King James. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. But it's the world has what they call peace. Yeah. We're, we're living in a peaceful city. Where do you live? Yeah. Well, if you ask them on the news, you, oh yeah, oh 
we're we're doing marvelous. This is they say peace, but there is no peace. And uh, well, we're going to have a peace treaty. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk to the Native Americans about our peace treaties. You know, they didn't get any peace out of it. Uh, the uh, God has a different kind of peace in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of all the stuff going on. We as a child of the king, we're what we sang it last week, we're walking with the king. Praise his holy name. Every day the same. And, and we have a we have a peace that passes our understanding. Aren't you afraid to live in this world? Well, I should be. But I know who made the world. Yes. And he's walking with me. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. We're walking with the King. What are some other value-added things to walking in the Spiritual <coughs> riches. Okay. Next time we raise our hands. Okay. Spiritual <laughs> riches. That's right. That's right. Spiritual riches. <laughs> Everybody else is raising their hand. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. But uh, I can't. Hold on, hold on. You didn't know you could see. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, spiritual riches. You know, there's when you open the Word of God and God speaks to you fresh. Wow. Spiritual riches. We have. Spiritual riches in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord. Okay, and now I have Lena's hand and then your hand. Lena, you had your hand up. Oh, strength and energy. Strength and energy. Whoa, don't we need that? Yeah. It's a value-added thing. When we, when we are weary, when we are worn, the Lord can give us grace and help us walk. Have you ever had somebody help you walk when you had difficulty walking? Yes. Anybody? Oh, yeah. yes. And, and uh, it's, it's one of those things, Jesus even, when he's talking about it, he says, take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy. He's going to walk with us. He's going to carry the bulk of the weight. We're just oxen in training. Amen. <laughs> and he's going to show us how it's done. He's going to take the heavy load. And uh, it's just kind of like... Uh, uh, have you ever had a, a child help you do something that they think they're just they're just doing all and you're carrying all the way but you let them come along that's the way the Lord works it's a value added thing now down here I was just going to say <clears throat> the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in us resurrection yes. power oh, yeah. the oh, yes. same spirit the same power that raised Jesus oh, Christ from the dead is coursing through our spiritual veins. Amen? Because we have eternal life right now. You say, how can that be? We're in a physical body. Well, the Spirit has eternal life through Jesus Christ. And when this body drops away, Paul calls it like folding a tent. It's the tent we've been living in and how many of your tents show a little wear? <laughs> tents got some leaks. Got some, got some pat well, I patched that tent a couple times ago. I was kidding with Tom about about uh, the eye thing and, and how that uh, I, I 
found out that my uh, my warranty was gone on my body, and they can't find parts. <laughs> so, you know, they won't even reinsure me. But, but the Lord strengthens us, helps us, and the same power, resurrection power. When this body drops away. We go straight to be with Him. Amen? We're going to talk about that a little bit later in our the, <clears throat> the Fear of the Lord series. So, anybody else have their hand up? Is that a hand or is that a... You just straight your glasses. Okay. See, I can see that. I couldn't see... You were messing with me last week. I know you were I couldn't see it. I can see you now. Yes. All right. Praise God. Oh, I'm praising God. You better believe it. Things look so much better. You guys look great. Value added. Value added life. What's added to added when we walk in the fear of the Lord? I've put down just four things, and you've all hit these in what you've said. We have a, an added purpose. There's more to life than just getting up, doing a job, and going to bed. There's more. We have a purpose. We have a reason for existence. And perspective. When you're walking with the king, you see things from the king's carriage. Amen? You, you see it from his perspective. And priorities. When... When you're living in the fear of the Lord, it's not about what you want, it's about what He wants for you. And there's a peace. Uh, we're not going to turn to it, but 1 John 1, 7, you know it well. Uh, the peace that comes from the Lord. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the peace of God. Love of God, peace of God. Okay. So let's look at some other in the fear of the Lord. We only got a few left. Okay. Proverbs 14, 26. Can I get somebody to read that one for us? 14, 26. You ought to be close. We were just at 10. You ought to be close. Anybody close? Anybody ready to read? Okay. Bam's got it. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. When you're walking in the fear of the Lord, you're not afraid of him because you're walking with him. You're walking in obedience to his word, right? That's what we're talking about here. And there's no there's confidence. When you're walking with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, there's not an arrogance. Now, we're going to talk about that later. Not an arrogance. We have confidence. You're walking with the creator of the universe. You're walking with the one who's never lost a battle. He's always victorious. Oh, it looked like he lost one there at Calvary, but it was a short-lived loss because Jesus came out in victory over death, hell, and the grave. But it says he's a refuge when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we walk confidently, but we have a place of refuge. Deuteronomy 33, 27. He'll read that one for us. 
Okay, I think you've got that. Uh, Joshua 20, verse 2. Okay, Lennon's got that one. And Psalm 9 9. Okay, Sean's got that. 9 9. 9 9. Okay, uh, Deuteronomy 33 27. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms, and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee, and shall say, Destroy them. Oh, I love that verse. Don't you love that old hymn, The Everlasting Arms? What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. And it's saying that. Eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are his everlasting arms. Picture with me a big, strong dude, muscles bulging out all over the place, carrying a tiny newborn baby. He can't even do anything but cry. We're that child of God. We don't have the strength to really do anything, but He carries us, and the everlasting arms of God are holding us up. Praise God! And, and Joshua 20, verse 2. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses. Okay. When they came into the promised land, they're not there yet, but the Lord had already provided cities of refuge, six cities of refuge. You say, well, isn't seven the, you know, the number of God? Yeah, well, there was actually seven places of refuge, the tabernacle. They could come to the tabernacle, to the horns of the altar, and lay hold of the horns of the altar and find refuge. As long as the high priest was alive, they were safe there. And the good news is, folks, we can go to the mercy seat of God, and as long as the high priest is in is living, we're in good shape. And Jesus is our eternal high priest. The pursuer can't get you. So, but the six cities were put up on hills. They were hilly places, so that when you're a far distance off, you can look up to the hill. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord. He's a refuge. We can run to Him. And, and then, Psalm 9 9. It's right there. By, by 9 8. Right the Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Amen. A refuge. Uh, and in the Psalms, there's 26 times. David talks about having a refuge. And if we walk in the fear of the Lord in relationship to Him, right relationship with Him, wherever we are, we're right at the refuge. He's right with us. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He's right there. We'll feel no evil, for thou art with me. And so there's a, a refuge. 
David knew about seeking refuge places, didn't he? Mm -hmm. He knew really well about seeking refuge from attacks from his own family, from his son, from uh, King Saul, from foreign enemies, from the Philistines. He knew about seeking refuge. He'd been in every cave in southern Judea. And he said, the Lord's my refuge. Amen? Lord's my refuge. Uh, it brought up the, the concept, I mentioned this a little bit Sunday morning, but being in the hollow of his hand. Let me, let me read Isaiah, Isaiah 40, verse 11 and 12. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. He shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. He says that he he holds all the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hand. <coughs> Think about every ocean and sea and river and lake. Take your hand and hold it out and bring it partially closed. And that low spot in the middle is the hollow of your hand. Uh, some old songs were written about it. I couldn't uh, get any copies of them. But talking about being in the hollow of his hand. That he's got the whole world. And it used to be, as I was studying, it used to be a, an ancient form of measurement. You saw there, he said he's measured this out and he's measured that out and weighed this out. In some ancient recipes, they, they took salt or herbs or whatever and they would measure them in the hollow of the hand, which was about a teaspoon. Okay? You've heard some other, what are some other old ways of measurement? Pinch. Pinch. A dash. A smidgen. Scotch. Hollow of the hand. Used to be an actual measurement because it works out to about a teaspoon. And to be safe in the hollow of his hand. And then I was looking ahead to John chapter 10. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. If you walk in the fear of the Lord, you're walking in a relationship to Him. Nobody, no devil in hell, no demon from the pit, no illegal society, no government issue, no person, no bully, no mean-spirited person can pluck you out of the hollow of his hand. Amen. Safe in the hands of Jesus. Amen. I could almost get excited. Matter of fact, I think I will. 
O-T-L. It's found in Proverbs 14, 27. Would somebody read that for us? 14, 27. You got it? Okay, he's got his hands up. Was that in full surrender or is that... Okay. Yeah. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Depart from the snares of death. Ooh, a fountain of life. I, I was telling some folks today, when I study the Bible, it's a it's kind of a panoramic thing flowing through my head. Uh, when you've been to Israel, and many of you have, there's just things that flash into my mind. And one of them is the spring at Megiddo, or Armageddon, the valley of Armageddon, Megiddo. <coughs> Megiddo was a mountain fortress in the northern part of Israel. And the plain out in front of it is what we know as the Valley of Armageddon, where the final battle of history will be fought. Many other battles have been fought there. Well, this was a place where Solomon had chariots and horses and all kinds. They found the ruins of the stables and all the different things, and layer by layer they peeled it down to find the different places where People have come in and conquered and then tore the, all the stuff down and built a new city. So it went higher and higher and higher. Well, there's a, there's a book out there. I haven't personally read all of it, uh, so I cannot recommend it. But uh, I give it to you. And when you go to Israel, you will find this book on many bookshelves in stores. How many of you have read the book by James Michener, The Source? Any of you read that? You know, Mitchner used a lot of historical things. And he used the pool at, at Megiddo as the source of his story. It's a historical drama, uh, layer by layer, of the conquest and everything. Well, the story about the source is this. In order to have city, a city that's going to be alive and prospering, you have to have water. Now they had a good view of the land. Nobody could get up any way to attack them. But if they came and they circled the city, the spring of the city was just outside the city walls. And so all they had to do is just wait outside until they were thirsty. So back in King Ahab's time, one of the kings of the north, not a godly man, but smart. He decided that what we'll do is we will dig down a, a hole, a hole in the ground. You say, did it hit water? No, he didn't. But he dug down, and they figured it out with just archaic mathemat mathematics. Where that spring was, and they cut through with hammer and chisel 185 feet of solid stone and got to the spring and cut it so that the spring could flow all the way down to the bottom 
of this uh, uh, circuitous stairway that they built. And then they closed up and sealed up the outside so that nobody could get to the spring. So they had a source that was safe for their water. And, and uh, it's one of the amazing architectural things of how they came out. They started at both ends. They met in the middle without any lasers or tools, anything, and they came out exactly together. You can go to the middle of the, of the, the tunnel and you can see where they were just like an inch off of each other. I gotta show you this. <laughs> but I would I would I'm going to find a copy of it and read the source because it takes it through different defeats before they had the the tunnel dug and then after they dug the tunnel. They don't use the term Megiddo, but that's what he patterned it after. And so it's available throughout the the uh, bookstores in Israel. The Source by James Michener. And now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it one big book? Yeah, it's one lengthy read. Because his books are big. Yeah, it's about yay thick, paperback. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I'm going to turn the sound off because this is the hole that they dug and the uh, 200 and I forget how many steps down originally it was just cut into the side of the, of the rock they're going down the steps now look down they're going down and down and down and there's the tunnel with chisels and hammers, 185 feet through solid stone till they got to the other side where the spring was. Let me take that back just a little bit. Don't do that to me. I don't want you. I don't want you at all. Hold on. Better help. Skip. Okay, now let's... Let's go to right here. Okay, that's going through the tunnel to the other side, and then going up the other side. And they sealed all that in, that spring, all in with rock. Let me take you one back. This is up on top of, of Megiddo, the ruins there. They have different levels where different cities were built. And this is a, a model that they have inside to show the different levels of who occupied it at different times. This was under Ahab. The tunnel was dug. Here's the outside of it. See the, did you see those little steps that were cut into the rock. Look up. See those steps? 
Those are the original steps that they found. They, on the other side, they built metal steps for safety's sake. But they did all of this with hand tools. And anybody that's been over there and walked the steps, a lot of steps, a lot of steps. But then going through with hand tools to carve out, there's the metal steps on the far side of the, of the thing. Come on. Don't talk so much. Just get there. Okay. Okay. Don't do that. So, Pastor, did they, once they did that, to get the water in? Um, they cut it at a level so it would flow down. So all they had to do was walk down that circuitous flight of steps. Okay. Women. <laughs> Carrying water on their head. Aren't you, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? You didn't live in that day. Okay, here's walking down the steps. Wow. That's going through the there's the, the base of the spring on the other side. And they even carved it so that it would flow down. So they, all they had to do was go to the bottom of those steps. All they had to do was go to the bottom of those steps to get water and bring it back up. And all the, see all these levels of stone out here? That was, they covered that up, covered the spring entrance up so they could be safe. Whoa! My goodness gracious. With the fighting going on, is there a chance that could be destroyed? No, that, this is northern... Uh, they, they can't get to that. Okay. If they, it's solid stone. And, okay, let me get out After, of here. Did they say how long it took? No. <laughs> we don't have history on, on how long it how took. How long? <laughs> I can't even imagine. How many have ever broken up concrete? <laughs> how long did it take you? you know. Forever. Oh my goodness. They must have had some kind of a manometer or something just to seek levels because uh, if you start over here with the with the spring going all the way down and uh, the pressure, if you have another pipe going over here, you can finally seek the same level. It was genius. Yeah, I mean, it's just the 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 I'm not sure what it's architecture or whatever the science of it. To start at both ends and to go down that far to build the steps into the stonework. And then to have it at the level so the water would flow from the spring down to the bottom. To cut a tunnel through and miss it by an inch. But that was the source where they were, once Ahab dug that, Megiddo was never defeated again by an outside army. You say, well, why isn't it thriving today? Because you really don't need to be on top of a rock in the middle of a, of a field. You know, there's better places to live. Uh, so it, it, it no longer has any value. Uh, but one day there will be a war there. The Bible tells us in Revelation. But uh, it was the source. And 
If you have the fear of the Lord, you got the source. Amen? It, the, the enemy cannot break through and steal. You got the source bubbling up on the inside of you. Amen? When you have the fear of the Lord. Yes, sir. Okay. Now we get to the one. I, we had the song last week, but we're going to have it again. But uh, uh, Proverbs 15. Who will read Proverbs 15, 16, and 17? Now, I got it. Okay. Okay. Verses 16 and 17. Proverbs 15. Okay. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Okay. What does this say? What is this? If you live in the fear of the Lord, what's it saying about? What's it saying to you and to me? <coughs> Whatever you, you know, it's better to have enough to get along with instead of a great big house well, and everything that's yeah. trouble and property tax. <laughs> yeah. Well, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. That he's basically saying, you can want all this, but there's stuff that goes with that. If you're walking in the fear of the Lord, don't be envious of others. Better is little. Little with the fear of the Lord. Then you can have a bunch of stuff without living in the fear of the Lord, and you've got more problems than you can shake a stick at. That's right. The, you know, the little is much when God is in it. It's That's sufficient. what that old song says. Little is sufficient. Yeah, it's not sufficient. And not only is it sufficient, it's enough for you to share with others. Yeah. It's, it's more, than a, more than enough, that little. Yeah. That little. Yeah. Much. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord. What else does it mean to you? It, it lets us know that it's not what you have. It's what you've placed in God's hand. We talked before. Little boy and his lunch. It was a little lunch for a little boy. A little lad. But when it was placed in the master's hand, what happened? 5,000 men. Not counting women and children. Now, it doesn't make any sense. You say, well, if you got a little, that's all you got. Well, not when you put it in the master's hands. In the hollow of his hands, he measures things out differently. Amen. He measures things out. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord, walking in that relationship with God, trusting him, than to have great treasure, but you don't have that relationship with the Lord. If you've ever gotten to the place where you've envied those who have uh, whatever, uh, boy, I'd give anything to have that. Well, they may have given everything to have that. I know people with great possessions, but no peace, no joy. I had a fellow one time, the guy was a millionaire. You say, how'd you know him? Well, I don't know. Being a pastor, you get to meet all kinds of people. 
But he, he was always striving for something more and never satisfied. Never satisfied. He just, you know, they did an interview, uh, this was years ago in the Wall Street Journal, did an interview series with new made millionaires. Uh, what's the secret? What, what's your goals in life? And they talked to a fellow that had just made his first million back when a billion was a lot of money. Well, it still is to me. <laughs> Congress will say, well, you got a millionaire, man, there. Pretty soon you're talking real money. No, we're talking real money. Even Well, the guy made his first million. This is back in the 60s. He made his first million. He says, what's your goal? He says, my second million. Mm. He wasn't satisfied yet. Yeah. You know. yeah. Well, one time I read something about you know, Nelson Rockefeller, how rich he is. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just kept making money. So somebody interviews him and says, well, how much is enough money? And he says, a little more. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that kind of summed it up, yeah. a little more. The proverb here is letting us know that your priority is walking in the fear of the Lord. Yes. Walking in right relationship. And no matter what you have, small or great, is sufficient. Amen. When you're walking in the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But you can have a lot of stuff and have trouble with it. Yes. Uh, he says, better is a, a dinner with herbs where love is than a fatted calf where there's hatred. Have you ever been in a meal where people were upset? How do you digest? How's it? Nobody's had that happen? You ever had that happen? Oh, my God. Oh, those are treacherous. We have a lot of those anymore. Uh, but that, that's another story. But, but better is a dinner with herbs when you're just eating, eating some herbs. Not even, it doesn't even say plants. Herbs. I'm just having a little parsley here. <laughs> Not even parsley potatoes, just parsley. Well, it's better to munch on parsley than to, than to have a fatted calf when people are angry with you. But let, let me let me sing, let me have that song sung again for you. I have a different guy singing it, but it's still a great song. Okay. It's a great truth. How many of you never heard that song before last week? Little is much when God. How many of you never heard it before? Never, never. Well, you're going to hear it again. <laughs> it's an old time song. It's an old time song sung sung by old timers. And we're going to do it again with a different guy doing it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He has a high voice and he's going to sing it. He's going to sing it. As soon as I get it set up here. Come on now.
is humility. When we have that right awe and reverence to the Lord, it'll teach you something. It'll make you wise. It'll make you wise. A, a smart Christian is one who realizes the Lord is in control. And it's a dumb person who thinks you are. If you make all your decisions based upon your plans and your ideas, you remember the old fellow in the Bible that said, you know what, I'm, I think I've, I've had such a good year at farming. Bless God. I'm, well, no, bless me. I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And what was the problem with his thinking? Lord says, fool. You dummy. You idiot. You moron. You're, you die tonight. And who's going to have it now? So, it's wisdom. And before honor is humility. James tells us that we're to submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil, and then he'll flee from us. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That this fear of the Lord, we're drawing near to the Lord. Guess, guess who doesn't want to be around when God's near? <laughs> the devil. And uh, he goes on to say in, in James 4, 7 through 10, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Quit trying to lift yourself and promote yourself. Get closer to God. Let him do the lifting. Amen. I'm on track. I'm on track. Hold on. We're going to make it through here. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, <coughs> 5 through 6. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. The principle here is the fear of the Lord can alter your behavior. I speak as a witness to this. There are many things I did not do growing up. Not because I didn't think I could do it, because I knew what my dad would do if I didn't. Uh, yeah, it was a terror on my part, but Dad was a formidable person, a steel worker, and uh, he had some rules. We've talked about him before, but some of your families may have the same rules. My dad's rule was, Kenny, you behave yourself at school. If you get in trouble at school, you're in twice as much trouble when you get home. If you got a whipping at school, you're going to have a whomping when you get home. There are many things I did not do. 
Not because I was a good kid, but because the fear of my father prompted me to shun evil. And uh, is that a negative thing? No, I think that's a good thing. I think that could be a good thing. It's, it's not that he wants to punish, but he loves us enough to bring correction to get us back in line. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. He, he chastens. Yeah. If, he, if he doesn't love you, just do what you want to do. But the chastening of the Lord is a good thing. Doesn't feel like it at the time. Amen. I don't ever recall turning around and saying, Oh, Dad, thanks for that belt on my behind. I really appreciated that. Thank you so much. I, I never, maybe some of you were better kids than I was, but do you ever remember giving them a big, hey, thanks, Dad? Anybody? <laughs> well, you're about the same intellect as I. But uh, no, but later on, I know my kids have come back to me and said, Dad, thanks for not letting us do this or that or the other. And they're employing the same principles in their homes that we try to instill in ours uh, that was instilled in mine and uh, the fear of the Lord by the fear of the Lord one departs from evil no I don't think I want to do that no I don't I don't want to, I don't want to do that <laughs> and it's not because you're such a great kid <laughs> it's because you know your father amen we got to move on. We're going to make it through. We're going to make it through T-F-O-L-T-L today. 19, Proverbs 19 and 23 tells us another aspect of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. He'll abide in satisfaction. Uh, what does it mean to abide? What's the difference between abiding and visiting? To dwell, to live. Abiding means to dwell in. Well, actually, the, the, the Greek word for abiding is to be attached or to live there. Abide, dwell there. It's a dwelling place. And uh, the difference in visiting would be like, uh, remember Samuel? He lived at the tabernacle. He, his parents visited, you know, but he lived there, and uh, he had a different relationship with the Lord because he lived there. If we're just visiting God on Sundays and Wednesdays, it's one thing. But if we're abiding. And in John chapter 15, we're not going to take time to read it today because I'm running out of time. John 15, 1 through 8, talks about Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. It, it's abiding in the vine. Not just coming in contact with the vine. 
but being engrafted in and staying there. A branch that is only grafted into the grapevine for a day at a time or once a week is never going to produce any fruit. Yet to abide in it. So the life juices of the, the vine flow in and produce the fruit. Uh, as I was looking at this, I was uh, starting to put together a, some messages about abiding in the vine that will keep on the back burner simmering for a while. So, abiding. He who has it will, the fear of the Lord, he who has it will abide in satisfaction. What is satisfaction? Don't ask, don't ask the rolling stone. Do not, do not ask the rolling stones. They have no clue. They have, they have, they, 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 they got no Without the fear of the Lord. Without the fear of the Lord, there is no truth. Satisfaction. Didn't uh, Apostle Paul say in this term he was satisfied in any situation he was in? In other words, I've learned in whatever yeah. state I am in yes. be content. to be content. Satisfaction. Oh, I got another song. Old, it's not an old song, but it's an old, old song. It's not, it's not, not an old song. No, it's a new, new. It's not, not an old song. It's, it's, a, it's a song. Well, it's, it's kind of old because it's kind of old because I, I sang it in a gospel quartet. I was singing. Shut up. I, I, be quiet. Be still. And know that I am pastor. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold a minute. We had a gospel quartet in the Painesville Church, and all four of us, I think I'm the only one that's still alive. I got to sing lead on this. It's a great old, it's a song. It's not that old, but it's getting older every day. Just like it old. Well, let's 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 listen to it. Oh, satisfied, satisfied with Jesus. Because they say 
Jesus, and you know we paid me for his home. Well, he put his arms all around me, Bill, and then he drew me up to his side. Sufficient for us. He makes it. And then the final 
soon as I remember where I put my clicker. The final of the 14, the fear of the Lord Proverbs, which starts it all. The beginning of all is the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23, verses 17 and 18. Oh, you've got to love this one. Do not let your heart envy sinners, mm. but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely, oh, get ready to shout. For surely, for surely, for surely there is a hereafter and your hope will not be cut off. Well, if we live in the fear of the Lord, right relationship with Him, walking according to His word, walking according to His precepts, don't envy sinners. They have a period at the end of their days, and that goes straight to hell. We have an exclamation point. We have not yet begun to live. When we go to be with the Lord, we're just getting started, warmed up into eternity. Uh, don't envy the sinners. Well, they've got this car, and they've got that house, and they've got this thing, and they've got that thing. If that's all you can see, what they don't have, and you've got, you've got an eternal home. You've got a mansion. <laughs> well, when you read it, when you read John 14 about, you know, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If you translate it that way, so I'm going to have a mansion. But it's better than that. It's better than that. The word there translated mansion in some place is also translated rooms. You're not in a separate mansion. He added on room for you in the palace of the king. Woo! Man! You're, you're not just walking with the king, you're living with the king. Woo! You see, there is a hereafter. Surely there is. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad there's a hereafter? Aren't you glad that you say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. I've got this ache. I've got that pain. Yeah, but you got a hereafter where, where everything's going to be fine and then everything's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be exciting. You're going to be surrounded by your friends of of the faith, you're going to be in the presence of Jesus. There's no aches, no pains, no hurts, no agonies, no sorrow, no sadness, no no separation. You'll forever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> we can choose. We can choose the fear of the Lord to walk in that way. And it's Living in light of eternity is the best way to live your life. If people want to say, well, why do you bother doing all that and getting up and going to Bible study and, 
and doing the things like that, you say, well, there is a hereafter. Yes. And I'm prepping for it. Yes. I'm a prepper. Yes. I, I'm prepping for it. And, and I'm not going to envy the sinner. I'm going I'm to prepare because there is a hereafter. And I'm going to live in the fear of the Lord. Well, you don't have to. No, I don't have to. I choose to. Yes, sir. I choose Amen. to live acknowledging that he's God and I'm not. He knows the future and I don't. He knows what's best for me and I don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. And have you ever eaten something that you thought was really good and it turned out that you were reminded that you had eaten that for hours afterwards? Oh. And it didn't, didn't set well. Anybody The other night, Linda and I, we got some Red Baron frozen pizzas, and we threw them in, and I, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to doctor up that pizza of mine. I got one for her, I got one for me. And I got a whole package of pepperoni. And I'm going to cover that thing. I'm going to cover that thing. I'm every, there is no cheese visible. There's nothing visible but pepperoni over that whole thing. You can't see crust. You can't see anything. And I'm thinking, boy, is this going to be great. And I got to think about it every hour of the night. It was memorable. That was my plan. My plan is not all, is very seldom the best plan. Amen? Very seldom the best plan. But living in light of eternity, is the best way to live because there is a hereafter. Let that ring in your spirit when you're looking at people that seem to be getting away with everything. How many of you get frustrated like me? You're seeing yes. people, they're, they're getting this and they're doing that and it doesn't seem anything bad happen. You know, like we talked before, the kids steal a car and, and they're, they're out of jail before the before the paperwork's done for the police officer. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this person, he, you know, he's uh, uh, getting away with this, seems to, well, the law isn't going to prosecute. Oh, he's gotten away with this, that, and the other. And you're so frustrated. You just want to, just want to scream sometimes. Mm -hmm. But folks, there is a hereafter. And it's better to walk in the fear of the Lord and experience a hereafter that God has planned and prepared for us than to be all frustrated all the time. I can't do a thing about everybody else. I can only do a thing, do something about me and my relationship to the Lord. And the fear, living in the fear of the Lord is a choice. Yes. And it can be learned. And the Holy Ghost is a good teacher. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we've, we've got through one group of Proverbs. Amen. Hey. Praise the Lord. Praise God. But it was a good, amen? Yes. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of everything. Everything else in the book of Proverbs hinges on the fear of the Lord. <laughs> and realizing that we're not that bright anyway. That's tough for some to admit. I have no problem with it. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. 
Sometimes I can't even find the door. <laughs> well, it's like the one person said, that person's, all of his crayons are broken. He's, not, he's a 40-watt bulb in a 60-watt world. You know, he's just not that bright. But you know what? I may not have a lot going for me, but if I walk in the fear of the Lord and I walk in relationship to his word and his will, I'm walking with the king. I'm going to win. I'm on the victor's side. Amen? Amen. We're going to have to stop there today. Next time we will pick up with the, uh, the one of the next set of, of Proverbs about a specific subject. And we will go with that because each subject has multiple <coughs> Proverbs that show us different facets of that. This one happened to have 14 different facets to the fear of the Lord. And so we'll be looking at these other well-faceted uh, Proverbs in the weeks to come. Prayer request today. What's on your heart to pray for? I continue to ask you to pray. I'm at 75% in this eye. I'd like to be 100. And, and uh, yes, I can see hands raised. Yeah. Flo's daughter is dying. Hmm. That's Patsy's sister. Unsaved loved ones. Unsaved loved ones. need to keep praying. Yes. For Sharon's cough that she's having a hard time to get rid of. And for my daughter Angie again, no one's heard from her since around the end of August. So. Mm. Keep, keep her in prayer. God knows where she is. Yes. Yes, sir. I got two. Peace of Jerusalem. And also, remember those families of the three servicemen. Servicemen that were killed. Women that were killed. Killed. And uh, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. The, uh, all the things that are going on over there. And uh, continue to pray. Because the world is turning turning against Israel and yes. every they are yes. reshaping the news yeah. to go their way yeah. Israel's the aggressor yeah. Yeah. and uh, need to continue to pray and our country is just it's this evil is in the country yeah. Yeah. there's evil in high places right. and low places and every place in between Brandon gets his bandage off today. I just asked the Lord that he would just be careful. <laughs> his bandage is off today. Yes. Brandon. Yes. I had a praise report. I had some uh, problems with my, uh, I thought it was maybe cancer coming back again. But uh, I had some tests done and it turned out fine. Good. Praise God. Remember the border. The border situation. Oh. You want to get your blood pressure up. <laughs> All they need to do is give me that money and I'll <laughs> my, my. If you want if you want to get your blood pressure up on Discovery Network, there's a, a show called uh, Contraband. 
and it's just at the legal sites of coming into America, the tons of cocaine, methamphetamines, and other drugs pouring through, and they catch a small portion, but just in last, last night's episodes, it was $40 million street value mm -hmm. in one truck.
buddy, it, it is so hard at times, Lord. But we thank you. Our steps are led by you. We give you all the pleasure. All the praise and all the glory in that name. The name is surely a rock, Lord, that we can stand on. We give you all the praise and the glory in your praises. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you for that great hope. Father God, we do praise you yes. for yes. these Proverbs. Yes. You instruct us that the fear of the Lord is the starting gun for a life well lived. Thank you, Father, for all of the, the insights that you gave to Solomon to preserve for us, to speak to us through the Holy Spirit, to walk in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We thank you, Father, that it is a choice. 
And thank you, Father, that it can be taught to others. And thank you that it's available through your word and by your Holy Spirit for us to choose to walk with you. Father, we're thankful that you are a refuge for us. We think of the words of that old song that say, keep me safe, help me stand in the hollow of your hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Father God, we bless your name. We thank you for all of these truths that we've looked at today. We thank you so much that there is surely a hereafter. Hallelujah. And we get to spend it with you if we walk and live in the fear of the Lord. For each of these requests that has come up today, Father, as that request was lifted up, it came to your ear before it came to ours. And you are more than willing to intervene in each situation. We ask, Father, for, for Brandon, for each individual that was mentioned, for Sharon, for uh, different situations that need your healing touch, for those that need your wisdom and guidance and direction, for those that are lamenting over and crying out, for those that are lost that they care about. Yes. We pray, Father, for unsaved loved ones today. We pray, Father, for our world that is running in a collision course with an eternity in hell. But Father God, thank you that there is a hereafter for the righteous. Help us to send warning. Help us to live a life in the fear of the Lord that causes others to say, I can live that way with God's help. Father God, we just ask for your, your help in staying close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm satisfied. Satisfied. Said he would be my comfort, and he said he would be my God. Well, well, looked at my and looked new, looked at my feet, and they did too. Ever since that one day, my soul been satisfied. Satisfied. Oh, satisfied.
gives us something different. Sure, I know the one in Grove City is open. 